Shane Harris. I'm a real estate agent and an auctioneer with more than 20 years experience. Um, our podcast, we aim to speak to property people about what they do in their business and uncover the secrets about their success with an aim to help you do better, not only as a real estate agent, but hopefully better work performance flows into a better life as well. And to that end, we're lucky enough today to have Mr. Scott Douglas on. Now, Scott is one of the directors of Rain and Horn in Kiama. Now, Kiama is on the beautiful south coast of New South Wales, and Kiama itself is one of the most beautiful towns anywhere in the world. Scott was a local, uh, grew up down there on the south coast, surfing and enjoying all the beachside lifestyle that Kiama offers. Uh, then moved to Sydney for a period and certainly piqued my interest when I met him a few weeks ago uh, with his different background. So without any further ado, let's hear from Scott himself. Welcome to Spark 20, Scott. No, no dramas. Thanks, Shane. Uh, Scott, if you could just start by describing your real estate journey, please. Yeah, um, I started with Rain and Horn Kiama just over eight years ago. Um, a door closed for me in Sydney and and a better door opened for me at Rain and Horn Kiama, and that was oh, a bit over eight years ago now. And you came out of the car industry, is that right? Yeah, I did. I I um I worked for uh, a family-owned company, Sutton's Motors, in Sydney for nearly eighteen years. I started um, started there as a, a, a on a graduate program believe it or not, in the car and the motor industry and something that started out as a short-term proposition <laughs> lasted about 18 years. It was a really good journey. And you worked your way through um, sales and then into management, I understand? Yeah. So basically it was sort of an accounting role to start with. Then we moved into a fleet and government section of the business then I moved into the retail side of things, becoming the retail manager for new cars. Um, then I shifted to finance, the finance department, yep. um, leasing and financing and insuring of cars. Then I went over and headed up the used car division. And then I did that for quite a number of years, not knowing a lot about cars, but it was a real eye-opener. And then um, I finished up being the sort of the general sales manager. Great. And so obviously a very broad range of skills involved in doing what you did across your journey in the motor industry. So um, those skills, particularly, I guess, in the, you know, the selling of used cars, because that's a pretty um, tough industry to, to make a go of it. So has that helped you, do you think, become the successful salesperson you are in property? Yeah, absolutely. Um, knowing nothing about cars or that part of the business, it was a really, really steep learning curve. Um, working with different people, dealing with different clients. Um, it was a real eye-opener. But the skill sets you learn from, you know, basically coming out of your comfort zone was a huge thing. Um, learning skills, adapting and delivering because, you know, it's a high-pressure industry and we're monitored every day. Um, so, you know, you had to perform. Um, but it was exciting and, it, you know, you got well-rewarded and we travelled the world with training. Yep. Um, so taught me a lot of things, a lot of, lot of skills, obviously, that um, set you up for later in life. Yeah, absolutely. It was interesting when we were recently together in a meeting, I was listening to you talk about the way that you run your business. And obviously in regional Australia, a lot of the time, you know, the market tends to be a little bit slow and consequently days on market is quite long. But yours, I think, are generally fairly short, succinct campaigns. Yeah, we, we try obviously to um, 
to obviously create urgency and, and have a smart marketing setup where we get it out to our database, get as many people eyeballing it as possible to then generate the foot traffic at the first couple of open homes. Um, it's really important to start with some intensity and, um, you know, really get some competitive juices flowing from the buyers. Yep. Yep. Um, and you are one of, um, there's a number of owners in your business or two? Two owners, yes. Steve Pryor, who's been with Rain and Hornkeimer for over 30 years. Yep. Um, so the business is, is very well established. It's only had two owners. Um, so, you know, we've been in Kiama for a long time. So obviously we're well known. Um, big database, done a lot of tra- transactions over many years. So, you know, that's a good thing. It's me coming out of working for a family-owned company that was third generation to this one yep. I felt was a comfortable fit for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd like to think that I'm reasonably loyal. I've only had two employers over my whole career. Um, and I think that's really important in business, um, you know, obviously being loyal and, and transparent and doing your best for your clients. Yeah, absolutely. And you both, um, so you manage the business jointly together. Is there a separation of roles in that structure or do you both just list and sell and run about doing yeah. good? Yeah, no, look, we, we are both definitely listing and selling. Um, we take it in turns with spending time with our, obviously, the rental team. Um, we've got another two or three senior sales guys as well. So, you know, it's a good fit. We're, you know, a good sized business where we, you know, we do a lot of transactions um, and, you know, we're loving what we're doing. Terrific, mate. Terrific. And um, you said you sort of fell into the motor industry in a way. So what, what is it that you wanted to do? What you thought you might like to do as a kid? Yeah, well, growing up in Kiama, I know I wanted to surf, skateboard and, um, <laughs> and relax. So once I finished um, high school, I went to Lenoir Uni because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, did a, a commerce economics degree for three years, which um, when that was completed, I moved to Bondi Beach, unemployed, um, really tough to get a job. And I was actually part-time at the local Holden dealership here whilst I went through uni. Yep. I was lucky enough to have one of my best mates, father and the local Holden dealership. So he basically got me the job that I didn't want. Um, <laughs> and I never looked back. It was, you know, it was quite interesting Back in the early 90s, it was really hard to get a job. I did want to try and get into the banking sector. Yeah. Um, really tough, really competitive field. Um, so, look, you know, it worked out really well for me in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, you've only had two jobs, so it's been fairly kind to your life in general, mate. And at the mid of uh, 2019, how's your market? Oh, look, it, it's it's pretty tough. Um, we've, we've got the stock problem that Sydney seems to have had. Um, We've definitely got the stock problem. Days on market are definitely longer. Um, but it's like anything, you still need to, to keep listing. If you keep listing, you're going to sell. Yeah. You're not going to win every time, but I think the more stock you've got, the more control you've got, and you're simply willing the buyers around. So, you know, you just need to really keep listing. Yeah. Doing the hard yards, it's definitely getting harder. Um, but if you keep listing, you're going to keep selling and you're going to survive. So when you say it's getting harder, which part? Completing a deal is the hard thing now? Everything's hard. <laughs> Look, the, the numbers coming through open homes, uh, uh, you know, there's definitely lightened up, Yeah, uh, even from the very first open house. Um, you know, vendors are still sitting at that, that level, which, you know, they want, and I understand that. 
the buyers are certainly at a different level. So, you know, when you're dealing with less people, less buyers, yeah. um, and you've still got the same situations in front of you that you've always had, it just gets a bit harder. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. And how do you sell? What's your method of sale? We tend to preview our properties um, when they first hit the market, which will give them a couple of weeks to come on board. We try and get everybody in. And then we can sort of assess what the market thinks it's worth. We can obviously submit offers. Um, if we can do a deal in the first couple of weeks, we will. If we want to go to an auction campaign, we can go to an auction campaign. Or we'll set a price guide. So it gives us a lot of control. Sure. Sure. And, and what do you pride yourself most on as an agent? Um, thus far, probably results. Yep. Um, you know, it's just a results-based industry and your vendors love you when you get a result. Um, and that seems to be the way that, you know, I um, you know, work hard for our vendors naturally. We get a deal done, they're happy with it. It's just results-driven business, you know, business. So we do a good job, we get well paid and we keep moving along and get repeat and referral business. So, um, Scott, of the stock that you do list, what percentage of that would you sell? Um, up until a couple of years ago, 100%. Yep. Um, obviously, with things changing and, and, you know, different things going on, we probably still sell 80-odd percent of our stock. Yep. So, yep. you know, we, we get a pretty good result. Absolutely. And you've got young kids, mate. How do you manage your work-home life balance? Um, I've got a great kids and a great wife. Yep. Um, <laughs> my, wife's, my wife's extremely organised. Um and I'm not always extremely organised, which is really good. Um, but, yeah, having three young kids, you know, it's good because, you know, it doesn't matter if you had a good day, a bad day or an average day. Yeah. It's really good to go home. So I think that's really important and it keeps you settled, especially with, the, you know, one or two steps forward and a couple of steps backwards in our job. Um, it's good to go home to a loving family. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you've got them involved in the surf club? Yeah, my kids are all all doing nippers and we actually live across the road from the surf club on the beach. So we live in a fantastic spot. My brother's a club captain there. Um, so Ryan and Horn Kiama, we sponsor um, the club and we give them boards and, you know, just help out where we can help out, but usually boards and things for the nippers. Yeah, terrific. Yeah. And that involvement in your community is super important, you know, in a regional town such as Kiama, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think if you're actually involved and believe in it, it, it that's the difference. Um, you know, we, we tend not to get involved in things that we don't really know about or we're not involved in because if you believe in it and you're doing it, you always get a better result. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of just sponsoring for the sake of sponsorship, mate, doesn't Donation, it? Donation. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, so you obviously sell a large number of properties amongst your team there. So what sort of support, um, administration, marketing, uh, do you have within your business? Yeah, so Alicia works very closely with me. Um, she does a super job just getting properties ready, helping with customer follow-up, database management. Um, she's, you know, smart and friendly and very approachable and, and the buyers like to deal with her, yep. which is which is really good. Um, yeah, so it works out really well. And Steve and Robert have got similar situations in their business, within the business. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what, what one thing that you would consistently do now um, that you would have loved to have known when you first started out in real estate? Um, I think when I first started out, 
it was just list and everything else will sort itself out. Um, so I think now we're spending more time on buyer management than we've ever done. Yep. Um, now, when I first started, I just went 100 miles an hour to list properties only and then the rest will sort itself out. But there is a bit more to it than that. Um, you know, listing's just so important. If you haven't got the stock, you know, you've got nothing to talk about. But I think now, especially with Alicia and we've got some other help, just looking after the buyers and maybe perhaps showing them a bit more love than I did once upon a time, I think that's becoming crucial in the business. Yeah, and look, there are certain phases of the market, Scott, as we both understand, whereby you can sort of throw it into the trailer ute, so to speak, and just drive 100 miles an hour, but it does take care of itself. The market at the moment is just not um, it's about. in that type of behaviour at all, is it? Yeah, no, and it's been an eye-opener for me where, you know, if you can work those buyers around, you'll definitely benefit from it. And, of course, those buyers become vendors one day. Yep. It took me a little while to work, work that out as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, after eight years, they're circling around and, you know, I've sold properties multiple times. But, yeah, I was going to say. Know, it's good. Extremely hard to keep everybody happy, but you've got to do your best. Yeah, yeah, I mean, things always happen and, you know, for whatever reason, people become, you know, they perceive they're dissatisfied with what happened. But as you say, as long as you do your best to, you know, do the right thing along the journey, mate, you'll be okay. That's right, yeah. You know, when the market's humming, there can only be one buyer, even though there's three that want to buy it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Uh, what, yeah. What's one piece of advice you give to a, a business owner? Um, we've got a few people starting within our network here at Rain and Horns. So what sort of piece of advice you give them um, through the process of opening up at the minute? Oh, look, if you want to jump on board, um, I think you've really got to love what you're doing. Um, you know, I got the opportunity here through Steve and there were numerous opportunities popping up, but I really loved working within this company. I loved working with who I was working with. Um, I think if you you love it, you'll succeed. If you don't, there's just too many reasons for you not to um, succeed, if that makes sense. Sure, absolutely. You have to be passionate about the business and you have to be passionate about people to have longevity in this in this line of work. Otherwise, as you say, mate, it just doesn't work. Yeah, there's so many ups and downs and, you know, some days are diamonds, some are dust and most are dust. <laughs> but, uh, you've really got to love it and you've got to have a good family network. Otherwise, um, you know, if everybody's not on the same page, um, you know, there's, there'll be dramas. It's too demanding, isn't it? Spot on, yep. So your greatest achievement in business to date, mate, and I'm sure there's many more to come. Oh, look, I think um, I think just being a equal shareholder in a 30-year-old business is pretty a pretty good achievement. Um, you know, it's it, it's maybe surprised me and a few people, but that's where we sit. <laughs> and recent recently we we moved, so we now own a premises, a modern premises in a good part of Kiama. Nice. Um, so that's probably you know being a 50% business owner and having a modern new premises in a good spot in Kiama, which is, you know, real estate in Kiama is pretty pricey. Um, we've got a, a pretty good thing going at the moment. Yeah, and so you say it's pricey. So the market's supported by um, holiday homes and, that, and the like from Sydney? Yeah, look, we're close enough to Sydney but far enough away, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, we certainly follow the, the Sydney market. But even when I was finishing up with my old company, I was commuting uh, for a good couple of years, staying a couple of nights a week in Sydney. Yeah. So you could still got that option to, you know, if the income's there, you can still live down here and make the good income. Yeah. But, you know, up until recently, 
Kaima was the number one regional median value in New South Wales behind, sorry, ahead of Byron Bay, but it's obviously changed recently with us following the Sydney pattern. Yeah. So, you know, there's good solid prices here. And, and so just to give some listeners an idea of it, they don't understand Kaima, a nice beachfront house in Kaima. Yeah, well, there's not many actually on the, like the direct ones will sell anywhere from 3 million, you know, yep. around that sort of range, which is pretty good value. If you, yeah. you think that, you know, your back doorstep, you're walking out into a beach. Yes. Um, but, you know, we've got them where, you you know, if you see water, you're a million dollars. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these houses are old. They're older estates. They were built 40, 50 years ago. So yep. they've got 600 plus square metre blocks, yeah, nice. wide streets. It's got a good village feel about it. The centre part of town's changing. There's pressure, obviously, to um, to get more people here out of Sydney or whatever. Yeah. But you know, the, the surrounding areas of Kaima have still got a village feel about them. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of um, the world, isn't it, down there in the south coast? Absolutely. Um, and a median price, mate, roughly in population. About fifteen thousand here in the in the in the areas, and the median price is in the eight hundreds. Yep. Okay, so it's it's a it's a strong market, isn't it, considering, you know, it's 15,000 people. But, you know, as you say, that connection to Sydney and being able to commute obviously adds adds value, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, when the market's moving and shaking, you know, you're, you're selling houses for eight fifty. You want to you want them all because, um, you know. Flying. Yeah, absolutely. Things are going well. So, you, mate, from everything you've said today, you're absolutely delighted with what you're doing and the life you're leading. Mate, what will you be doing in 20 years' time? Uh, hopefully a little bit less of what I'm currently doing. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, no, my knees are too sore. But my kids my kids are, are right into it. So, you know, I'm happy to cruise along with them. And, um, you know, look, I like what I do and I don't think I could see myself ever stopping totally, but just a little bit less maybe if that's possible. Yeah, sure, sure. And uh, health and fitness, mate, big part of your life? Knees are yeah, sore. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, um, I have a bit of a chuckle about the five o'clock club when you know all these agents say they go to the gym at five o'clock and set the day up, I'm part of the eight o'clock club. Yep. So I, um, you know, with young kids and family, whatever, there's commitments. But I try to get to the gym about eight o'clock, train, and then go from there to work. And I do that pretty consistently. I'm not, you know, breaking any records, but yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting amongst it, which is a good thing. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And so, um, as you say, your routine day to day, you're working six days a week, seven days a week. Six days a week. Sundays, Sundays are a family killer, really nowadays. Yeah. So um, definitely, look, the phone will be on silent, and I can check emails and things. But definitely working six days a week, um, which is fine when you live in Kaima and you're working Kaima. It suits me down to the ground. Yeah, probably five or ten minutes away from the office. That's right. Five minute commute, and um, yeah, it's nice. it's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Um, and you said before, so you've acquired the building down there, so you're a bit of an investor as well? Yeah, that got thrust upon me actually from my previous employment. We, um, When I got employed there, there was another guy, a couple of us did the uni thing, graduate thing, and, and um, my big boss, I think I was about 24, maybe 23, 24, jammed me into buying a property in Bondi Beach, which I couldn't afford and it was all yep. hard work, but we got the deal over the line. Nice. Didn't really understand what I was doing, and that was mid nineties. Yep. Um, so that started me on that journey. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when it comes to you know real estate, so you've got a couple of properties in Sydney from that, and obviously um, 
doing okay down here, living on the beach in a nice home, so we love it. Beautiful, mate. Good stuff. So, Scott, just before we wrap up, we'd just like to ask people, um, because real estate is a very funny industry and you get yourself into some very uh, funny situations. So is there anything strange or funny that's happened to you along your journey? Uh, look, I don't know if it's funny. It might be a bit funny and a bit strange, but um, after my first year in real estate, um, I got invited to an awards night, um, which turned out to be a little bit of a stitch-up, and I got a Rookie of the Year award, which, you know, <laughs> being 40-odd years old, um, and obviously it was an awards night, so we were, we were having a few drinks and things. So yep. I did. That was quite amusing. I think that award's been changed now to something like New Business or something along those lines. But Rising Star. Um, is it Rising Star, is it? There you go. <laughs> but anyway, I was a... I felt like an old rookie, put it that way. Yeah, good on you. That's great. That's great. You wouldn't have got much of a hard time with a few frothies. That was hilarious. Folks. Yeah. yeah. It was good on the night, but um, yeah, it just sounded a bit American to me, but I sound like an old, an old rookie. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, mate. Well, Scott, thanks so much for uh, for coming on and sharing a bit about your journey in property and with the Rain and Hawk group, mate. It's been great to talk to you and uh, we'll see you soon. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Shane. Thank you so much for joining us here on Spark 20, the real estate podcast, which is proudly supported by the Rain and Horn Group. Please make sure you subscribe and rate us on iTunes or where it is that you get your podcast from. And we look forward to having you help us.